Oh. So good morning, Rabbi Sai. Shlach for coming. I want to just take a moment to welcome Roberto Scherer, Zevi Blumenfroch Schwer, who just moved into uh, into town onto 87th Street. Welcome, Bruch my boy, and welcome to the uh, welcome to the Shir. Um, this week's uh, parsha, parsha Chayesor, is generally considered to be the parsha of Shiduchim. It's the first time a shidduch is arranged by Eliezer on behalf uh, of Yitzchak and Rivka. But even if it wouldn't be in the coming week's uh, parsha, the topic of Shiduchim is something that is uh, always on people's minds, whatever stage of life they happen to find themselves in, whether they're looking for a shidduch, whether they're for themselves, looking for a shidduch for a friend, a shidduch for a child, a grandchild, is something that is uh, a topic that is always uh, appropriate. And one of the most common shayos that is asked in the realm in the area of Shiduchim is uh, when, if at all, is one obligated to reveal uh, confidential or uh, private information in the course of dating uh, and Shiduchim. And the topic is really relevant not only to Shiduchim but to any uh, transaction. And therefore we'll begin with the Gemara and Masech Tashchulun and the Shulchan Aruch and Chayish Mishpat Simen Reish Chav where the Shulchan Aruch says whenever one is a Engaging in any type of transaction, a person is not allowed to deliberately deceive others in the course of mekach memkar or to withhold relevant information or To be For example, if there is a blemish or a defect in an item that is being sold, you have to inform the lekeach about this uh, blemish, because it is relevant uh, information. Similarly, the Gemara says in Masech Lezbom Metziah and Afsamech Hamad Aleph over here, that one is, of course, not allowed to go out of his way uh, to conceal blemishes. That means if you have an old kli uh, that looks old, you're not allowed to repaint it and make it seem new and deceive the, uh, the buyer, the consumer, then make him think that he's buying something new. Of course, you don't have to let it look as bad as it does. You, know, you could polish it up, but it doesn't mean that it means that you're not allowed to deliberately deceive him and to think that he's buying something uh, new when, in fact, he's buying something old. So when one is engaging in Mecca Chumemkar in any type of transaction, he's obligated to reveal uh, any blemish or defect, and if he does not, uh, he would be over on the Easter of Geneva's Das, and because that is relevant information, that is, uh, is due to the person who's, uh, who's purchasing the item. So similarly, uh, Shiduchim, of <coughs> course, is not the uh, same type of transaction as buying a car or buying a, a couch, but Shiduchim is a kind of transaction. As we know, the method in which uh, Shiduchim is uh, affected is through Kiddushay Kesef, that's the way we go about Kiddushin, by giving uh, an item of value to the girl. And this method of affecting Kiddushin is derived in, in this week's parsha from the manner in which Avram Avinu purchased Maris HaMach Pela. The Pesach says, when Asati, as a kesef kach mimeni, he said to Ephron Atiti, take the money from me. And the Pesach says in Parshas Kisese, a relationship by Kiddushin, ki yikach ish isha, and the Gemara learns a connection, kicha kicha miste Ephra, and that's how we affect Kiddushin. So the Kiddushin is a kind of uh, transaction as well. And therefore the Sefer HaChasidim writes, that when one is... Uh, Arranging a shidduch, you're not allowed to conceal uh, blemishes of those who are in one's uh, household. Rather, skip to the end, a person is obligated to reveal them, lest a person later say that this was a kiddush it was a mistaken uh, kiddushin. So one is obligated, generally speaking, to reveal relevant information. So too, one is obligated, says, say, Sidim to reveal relevant information to one who is involved uh, in making a shidduch. The Chavetz Chaim 
right? So this is not only those parties who are actually involved in the shidduch, <coughs> either the chassin or the kala, but even a third party, if he sees two people arranging, a, you know, being involved in the shidduch, and he knows relevant information, he knows that that information is not going to be revealed by the parties involved, then he has an independent obligation, even if not asked, to go over and reveal that information. The Chafetz Chaim writes him, Huroya She'echad, this is all the way at the end of Sefer Chafetz Chaim, Huroya She'echad Roitzelishtadich, he sees two people uh, getting engaged, Im'echad, of someone else, V'yodeo L'roya Ki Achasin Yeshoch Chisroinus Atsumim, he know, those are my quotation marks. He knows that the cousin has chesroinus atzumim, major uh, blemishes. So skip to the end. He has an obligation uh, to reveal that. And it would not be in violation of the Pesach in Parashas Kedoshim of Leiselech Rachel Ba'amecha. Generally speaking, you're not allowed to speak uh, ill about others. But if it's, uh, if it's in this context, then it would be allowed. What does atzumim mean? We'll get to that. So, that's obviously the major question. Mm-hmm. But uh, why is it allowed in this instance? Because the Pasa <laughs> continues in Parshas Kedoshim with another uh, mitzvah in the Torah of Loisamad al-Dam Re'echa. You're not allowed to stand idly by while your friend's blood is being spilled. So the Gemara on Masech the Sanhedrin, Ayin Gimel, Amir Aleph, understands that this, of course, is referring to mortal danger. If I see my friend who's in mortal danger, he might lose his life. I cannot stand idly by. I must get proactively involved. But the Rambam extends this in Hilchus Reitzeach to even if I see a person who has potential harm might come to him. He's not going to lose his life. But the Rambam writes in Parak Alpha Reitzeach Halochi Yudalud, Haroyas Chavero Tevea Biyam. I see my friend who's drowning in the sea. Oi, says the Rambam, list him by Robbers are coming uh, upon him and he's going to lose money. He could save him from this loss and he doesn't. Or, says the Rambam, They simply are intending to do him harm. He does not inform his friend. He's in violation of the mitzvah in the Torah of Loisamad, the prohibition in the Torah of Loisamad. <coughs> Why are these two uh, mitzvahs in the very same Pesach and Parashat Kedoshim? Loisamad so the Chafiz Chaim writes, but it's already found in the name of Reb Chaim Velazhener and others, that they're found in the very same Pesach, because the second part of the Pesach limits and uh, regulates the application of the first. Meaning, if it's lit Eles, that's the way the Chafiz Chaim describes it, if I can help someone, save him from a potential loss, of the mitzvah of then the Easter of Leiselech Rachel Ba'amech, the Easter of Lashon Hara, doesn't apply. As long as I'm trying to save my friend, uh, that would not be considered a Lashon Hara. And if one knows relevant information to the Shidduch, says the Chafetz Chaim, he would be obligated to reveal it. And if he doesn't, might be in violation of the Eastern Torah of Loisamad al-Dam This is even if you're not asked, and even if it was told to you in confidence, <laughs> even if there is a code of confidentiality which exists uh, by everything we assume is told in confidence, unless uh, specified otherwise, even if it was told to you in confidence, one is obligated uh, to reveal that, and if you won't, you'll be in violation of the prohibition of Leisamad Adam uh, Reyecha. Let's say a person is in a uh, medical field, and he knows something uh, that was told to him in confidence, because, and it's bound by uh, rules and regulations of confidentiality. Alpi Halacha, there's no question he would be obligated, if it would fall within the category of items that must be revealed, so then he would be obligated to reveal that uh, information. Ah, he might lose his medical license in the process. If you risk losing his medical license in the process. So that's a further shiloh. It's a person obligated to lose his medical license to reveal this information. Generally speaking, 
says in Yeridea Semen Kufnun Zayin that one has to give up all of his money rather than violate a loisese in the Torah, a prohibition in the Torah. Mitzvah Asay, we know, is 20%. Hamavaz is Ayavaz is Yerse Mechaimish. But by a loisese, you have to give up, says the Ramal, Kol Hoin Beisoy, everything that he has. No. No, you have a personal obligation. But two Jews. I have a personal obligation to help out the Zid. However, the Pisgah Tshuva has two opinions. What if the Leisesa you're violating is Bishay Valtase? It's a passive form. Meaning I'm not proactively violating a prohibition actively. <laughs> I, I'm sitting here not doing anything. And by doing nothing sometimes, <laughs> it could be in violation of Leisamad al-Damar of a prohibition. So that's two opinions in the Pisgah Tshuva. In Yeridea, Kufnun Zayin, you have to uh, lose all your money to violate a prohibition when it's only passive. Huh? Love is lo samoid. But it's passive. No, so there's uh, uh, but there's a piskei chuva. Is not sure. Is it loiseses? That what you have to lose all your money about, or is it proactive activity? Meaning active activities, not being passive. It's two opinions of piskei chuva. Bavusta, two opinions. So according to so it could be you're not obligated to lose your license over to to reveal this information. But certainly, uh, if that's not the case, those, those are not the stakes. One would be obligated to reveal information, even if it was told to you, uh, even if it was told to you in confidence. What? It's mentioned about Messiah, right? So what would happen if you, if you have two friends, and they might sue each other, they're suing each other, you know information, what exactly this other guy wants to do. They're making a shidduch also? <laughs> so we'll leave it for another time. <laughs> Business ethics another time. Let's see what the shidduch is. This is, huh? Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's also like Samoid. It would also be the same rule, but I don't know. It's much, much more complicated. Yeah, who's, who's like Samoid? But this is only also if you're not asked. If a person is asked, I might think a piece of information is not relevant information. It might not be. But if a person is asked specifically about a given uh, issue, so then, of course, one then now obviously it became relevant information for this party. It's irrelevant information. So then I, a person is obligated to answer honestly, and he's not allowed uh, to lie or to, uh, to exaggerate the truth. The Gemara says in Baba Basra, they Maybe they do know, so then the Chavis Chaim writes, he shouldn't say it. Shouldn't say, uh-huh. No, or the Chavis Chaim says, of course, if he's going to exaggerate, you're not allowed to do it. Or if he has malicious intent, he's not allowed to do it. The Chavis Chaim attaches a lot of uh, right. conditions to it. I don't know whether someone else knows. Correct, but if I know that they're not, uh, if they tell me, I don't plan on saying this information, or if I... Uh, or if a person is asked, clearly then they haven't been told, so then I might have to, uh, I might have to reveal it. If a person is asked anything, though, in the course of uh, a you know, shidduch question, he's obligated to answer honestly, even though the Gemara says in Baba Basra the following. The Gemara says in Baba Basra, Tezayinam et Aleph, commenting on the Pesach and Sefer Eoiv, the lave almana arnin, that Eoiv made the hearts of the almana happy, rejoice. How did he do so? Whenever there was an almana, no one would marry her. He would say nice things about her. And then people would marry her. What would he say about her? So says Rashi, She would say that he's my, she's my relative. Or he would say other nice things. But he would add, she's my relative. But she wasn't his relative, clearly. If she was, then... He would have said it before. So it's not his relative. So how is he able to do this? Isn't he lying? So rides of Usher Weiss in his Chuvis in the Chelakav of the Minchas Usher, he says, no, this is really, you know, this is not a matter of substance. The fact that someone is a second, third, you know, cousin once removed, that it happens to be some, he didn't say it was my, you know, my daughter. He said, this is a relative, a Karov. And says of Usher Weiss, a Karov is something that can sometimes be used 
you know, in a hyperbolic type fashion. People say, oh, he's related to me, you know, we're, we're so close, like we're brothers, you know. We call him uncle so-and-so, even though we're really not related. So Karov is a kind of vague term to begin with. So Roger Wise kind of dances his way around this Gemara, and he says this is not something of substance, and it was... Uh, could be interpreted in other ways. But generally speaking, the rule is, says of Wise, that a person should uh, not lie, certainly not deliberately lie, and distort the, the truth, especially when they're asked something in a direct fashion. Okay, so the rule, and if you do, you'd be in violation of Lifnei Eva, Loisite Mirshal, I'm giving an Eitzerah, or and in violation of Loisamara Damreyecha. Okay, so the general rule is, just like in any transaction, you're obligated to reveal relevant information uh, beforehand, and if you don't, by in violation of the Easter of Gnevas Das, and even a third party would by, be in violation of Lysamad al Dam if he doesn't reveal this information. Of course, the main question is what type of information is called relevant uh, information? So if you look at the Sefer Achasidim, Sefer Achasidim writes in the middle, we skipped this part initially, he <coughs> says, <laughs> Go back to Ois Gimel. If those who are involved in the Shidduch would know about this issue, they would not have gone through with the Shidduch, it sounds like, initially. Meaning, if I had known this information initially, I never would have agreed to the Shidduch. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of... The relevant information is a, is, is a broad uh, group of things. Meaning, anything that might prevent me from engaging in the Shidduch in the first place... Going, uh, you know, even uh, going through with it at, at all in the first place, one has to reveal beforehand, and that seems to be the implication of the Shulchan Aruch Mishpat. When one is conducting a sale, for example, if a couch has a rip in it or a car has a scratch in it, so clearly you would have to reveal that information uh, beforehand. And if you wouldn't, you'd be in violation of the Easter of Ganevas Das. And the Sefer Chassidim applies the same standard to Shiduchim. However, the stipler uh, has in his Sefer on Yevamis Simim Mem Dalin. He says, it sounds like from the Gemara and Yavamis that even though that might be true when it comes to regular transactions, when one is dealing with Shiduchim, it sounds like there is a different standard. Because the Gemara says, the following, There's a certain individual who came before Rav, whose father was a Nachri. So, He asked, what's his status? My father's a Nachri, his mother was a Bas Yisrael. What's my status? Amalei. He said to him, you're kosher, avlad kosher. Get married to whoever you want. Amalei, he said, fine, I choose your daughter. Amalei, havli bartech. Give me your daughter. If you say, I'm kosher, you know, so then uh, people won't believe me unless you marry and give me your daughter. <coughs> he said, I'm not giving you my daughter. So he said, so if you don't want to make a shidduch with me, who's going to make a shidduch with me? What do you want me to do? So Amalei, so he said to him, oi gali, go to gullis. I know, so bas or marry a woman who's in a similar situation, similar predicament. What does it mean, gully? Go somewhere else. So Rashi says, Go to a place where no one will know, recognize you. They won't know about your situation. Marry a regular bas Yisrael. Because over here, she'ilu yakirucha, over here, where they recognize you, they're not going to give you a shidduch. So ask this type of, what do you mean? Everyone over here knows a father is a, is a, is a guy, no one's going to make a shit with him. So he goes somewhere else, but no one knows. But ask this type, doesn't he have to reveal that information initially? So says this type, it sounds like not. He doesn't have to tell anybody that his father is a guy. Why doesn't he have to tell anybody the father is a guy? 
So it says the stipler, because when it comes to shiduchim, the standard of information that has to be revealed is, uh, is whatever if I would find out after a person is already married, you would ask for a divorce immediately on the spot, that's the type of information you have to reveal. But if it is uh, less than that, anything short of that, even if I would have uh, known about it initially, I never would have gone through with the shidduch. I never would have agreed to the shidduch. If they would have known the father was a guy, no one would have gone out with him. Just like over here, never would knew the father was a guy, no one uh, wanted to go out with him. Over there, where no one knew, you don't have to reveal that information. The only type of information you have to reveal in the shidduch is that type of information that most people, that most people, when they find out about it, would have asked for a divorce uh, immediately, and this does not reach uh, that threshold. Why? Huh? What? Yes. Says the stipler, why? It's hard to believe. This is the sheet of the stipler. Hard, why? Says the stipler. Why is it different than Mecca Memkar that you have to reveal a scratch in the, in the car or ripping the tear in the couch? So says the stipler, because by a tear in the couch, I'll return it for any little time. I could get another couch. Why do I need this couch? There's a million couches exactly like this one without a scratch, without a tear. So why should I take this one? But when it comes to Shiduchim, says the stipler, it's not the case. The person's not going to say, oh, I'll take a one, you know, I'll take it without the, 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 you can't find such a, there's a, every person is different and you put a lot of, invested a lot of effort already into this Shiduch. So it says the stipler, you're not going to be so quick uh, to ask for, uh, to dissolve the marriage because of this one little flaw, because there's so much else that goes into the, into the picture. Whereas when it comes to a, an item that a person is purchasing, the threshold is lower because, uh, I, why do I need this one? I'll take that one. But Shiduchim, obviously, that is not the case. Just changing this person's geographic location didn't change his status. His father is still a guy. Correct. So if these people aren't going to be fooled by it and don't mind him, you certainly low titan michshol in front of those people because they don't know now he's better. He's the same person he was. So if he wasn't good enough in town A, why is he good enough in town B? Because they don't know about it. Right, yeah. but I'm saying so. That's what this type was saying. You see from this Gemara. Mm-hmm. I'll do you one better. Look at this. Look at this. Writes the round in Masech Tzuvus, Nun Tesma Beis Nadapim of the Rif. What about a grusha to a koyin? A woman's going out with a koyin. She's she's a grusha. He doesn't know. Does she have to tell him? Writes the round. No. Vechena din ba'amano koyin gadol. We're not at the end of the year, by the way. There's a lot more to be said. Mamzer has been a sin of Yisrael or a mamzer to Yisrael. Says the round. Lo hoyo hadover muto aleim legalois. They don't have to reveal that information. Why not? Says the Ran. The Savri, the Evjoshia, Alev, Orav Hamekach. They think that once they uh, they married, the person will become uh, you know happy with the situation, become sweet by them. Even though they're living beiser, If a person has a blemish, no one's going to reconsider later on once they're married. But when it comes to living beiser, living a grusha to a kain. You never know, says the Ron. Maybe uh, the person will not ask for a divorce when they find out about it. How could this, I mean, this is even hard to say. How, how do we have, so Reis the Chazanish explains a little bit better what the Ron is saying. He's saying the following, says Chazanish. Chazanish says, when a person finds out, it means the first moment you find out, you ask for a divorce. Not will you continue to live in sin for years. No, what it means is the first moment, so right, it's not an umdunemuchach. People don't sense right away that it's a mum. The nafsho shall adam becham doson. Like mayim genuvim yimtaku. You know, the stolen waters are sweeter. So to over here, the fact that there's an Easter involved kind of, you know, arouses the Yetzirah. 
true. After a person thinks about it for a moment, he's going to ask for a, you know a divorce. Right away, is a person going to break up the marriage? Not necessarily so, says the Chazanish. He might continue uh, to maintain the marriage. So the uh, the Ran seems to support the stipend, even though this is clearly we would categorize as relevant information. If the person would know about it, they probably wouldn't have agreed to the shidduch in the first place. But since they wouldn't have asked for a divorce the first minute that you find out, or we wouldn't have assumed they would ask for a divorce the first minute they would find out, says the stipler, says the Ran, seem that you don't have to reveal that information uh, beforehand. But if it's an answer, why the neighbor is, is lower, is weaker than uh, the son of the damlecha? That's both loving. Uh, Agosa, correct. She Both. It's a love. <coughs> uh, ah, so you're saying it's an Easter of Loisamad Adamarecha. Mm. How is she allowed to be involved in it? She's lying to him. She's also involved, yeah. She, yeah. And also the third party. No, because no, they might be happy with it. No, no, but he not. So they might be happy. So. She might be happy with it. You think with Neiver? Yeah, with Neiver. It's a different plane. Oh, yeah. But I'll the Gnevos Das, Mecca transaction plane, you might not be obligated to reveal it. So, Rabbi Zilberstein is quoted in a sefer called Binas Hashidach, which I quoted uh, a little bit later about uh, all about these in Yonim, as suggesting that that's perhaps the Pshat in the Chafetz Chaim. When the Chafetz Chaim said, Go back to Oiz Dawid, Major blemishes. What does a major blemish mean? Major blemish means something that a person would have asked for a divorce right away when they find out about it. But if anything short of that, uh, even if you wouldn't have gone through with the shidduch initially because of this information, uh, that kind of information you're not obligated to reveal. The only thing you're obligated to reveal is chesreinus atzumim, something that a person would have asked for a divorce immediately, but less than that not. That's the opinion of the stipler, and perhaps uh, that's the opinion as well of the Chavitz Chaim, but it's hard to know. Uh, the uh, diuk is a weak diuk in the, in the safe of the Chavitz Chaim. Huh? As a mamza. Mamza also. I understand, but your children are mamzaim. Children are mamzaim too. <laughs> okay, mamza? so, uh, yeah. Doesn't make any, uh, not the same level. Yeah. Not even close. <laughs> so, but anyway, one could obviously <laughs> deenzach. No, it's a good point. <laughs> one could deenzach with this raya of the uh, Kilas Yaakov, the stipler. Many do disagree with the stipler. The first uh, first argument one could have to get out of this Gemara and Yavamis and the Ran, the stipler already raises himself. And these are issues that it's because uh, these are issues you should have asked. A guy shows up out of the blue into this town, one horse town. A guy shows up out of nowhere, and he uh, started arranging shiduchim. And no one asked who your father, who's your, who are your parents. They're going through with the wedding and everything. The guy's all by himself. No family shows up. Welcome so, to the West Side. <laughs> so, uh, so, such a thing. They never asked about the parents. So that's your fault. Says the stipler, look back at the Shulchan Aruch Chayshem Mishbat Simereish Chav Ches. The Shulchan Aruch says on the second line, "Im Hudaver the Iboy Leila Asuke Yadaita." It's something you should have realized. I bring you. I'm selling you a used car. I come over here. I show you the car. I have to point out to you. There's this scratch. I'm showing you the car. Look at the car. Or I give to you. I'm selling you a couch. And I show you, here's the couch, sit on it. And you think afterwards it reclined. I say, sit on the couch. Every leather couch reclines. You do jump to conclusions that it reclines. I showed it to you. There was no uh, deceit over here. You should have looked for yourself. So it says in Shulchan Aruch, then I'm not uh, obligated. Ain't Sarkhla idea. I don't have to tell you that kind of information. 
So, so too over here, says uh, the stipe already brings this up. It's an issue. Is this right? It's not ironclad because you could say these are things that you should have asked for yourself. A man's going out with uh, an older woman. So he never asked, by the way, have you previously been married? You know, that's something you would think is on him. Uh, there's something that is incumbent upon him to ask. Chafiz Chaim has a similar idea in this context. Chafiz Chaim says that one, a third party is not allowed, certainly not obligated, but not even allowed to inform uh, Mechutanim, prospective Mechutanim, that the Chassan is not a Tamachacham. Not allowed to say it. Why? Says the Chafiz Chaim, it's incumbent upon the Shver to give him a Faher. That's uh, part of the routine. And if you didn't check the Chassan for yourself, that's your fault. And therefore, uh, is not allowed, and certainly not incumbent upon someone else to say that the person uh, is not a tamachacham, doesn't know how to learn. That's a, something something you should have thought of on your own. Those are things you can discover. You can discover. Oh, of course. So, but over here, the two examples of the stipler: number one, agrusha lekay; number two, the fact that his father was a guy. That you, you should have found that on your own, and I think that that's a, that's a fair argument for those two scenarios. The <coughs> other uh, way a person can get out of these two Gemaras, the uh, Nitziv as a Tshuva in the Mesh of Dovar, is by, uh, where he argues that these things were never going to come out. See, the fact that the father is a guy, if no one asked until now, so then why is to assume anyone's going to ask ever to continue to live in harmony in some third world country, wherever they uh, me have met up, and no, and the family will never come into play. It won't be a relevant factor in their lives. Or a Grusha might never find out, might never become relevant information, as opposed to a physical blemish, which will certainly come out and uh, affect the marriage in a significant way. This might never come out. So if it's never going to come out, so maybe uh, you don't have to uh, reveal it. That's perhaps why Rabbi Yashiv argues uh, with this Gemara. He says, nowadays, a person is obligated to reveal if the father is a guy. This, even though the Gemara says, you don't have to reveal it, go to a place where no one knows, says Rabbi Yashiv, you have to reveal if the father is a guy, because nowadays, in our, certainly in our times, where information is available at the, literally people's fingertips, so you'll find out uh, if the father is a guy. It's not going to remain hidden forever. And the whole presumption of the Gemara in allowing uh, the guy to go elsewhere and not reveal this information, was it was never going to come out. But here it will certainly come out. So that's another, perhaps, uh, way we could limit the application of this Gemara. But then Dr. Abraham, who is the uh, authoritative safer on med- all medical ethics so, called so Nishma Savram. That's what the Nitzvah <laughs> No, didn't, you know when you phrase it like that, it sounds different. Exactly. But yeah, no. If it will come out, if it will affect them, no, no, no it's never going to know. You didn't say. No, you don't. We'll get to. We'll get to. We'll get to. We'll Let's finish. Correct. Correct. So, Rabbi Yashiv argues another possible distinction is that this Gemara is not talking about things that affect the marriage directly. This is who the Shver is. Who the Shver is? The Shver is going to come in the Simcha and he's a Groyser guy. So then, ugh, what are people going to say? My Yoimru, says Rabbi Yashiv. That's the extent of this, uh, this Mum. But it's all my Yoimru. Grusha Kain. Does it affect the day to day lives of the Grusha? Maybe not, says Rabbi Yashiv. So, but if you're dealing with a blemish that uh, is a physical uh, type issue, a psychological issue that will affect the functioning of the couple, so then Rabbi Yashiv argues that perhaps would be a very uh, would be a very different thing. Rabbi Yashiv argues that anything, uh, therefore, anything that you, a person, would have wanted to know, relevant information, doesn't mean things like the stipler says 
things that if you would have known about it, uh, when you find out about it immediately, you would ask for a divorce. No, Rabbi Yashiv argues, as do many others, that the standard of information that has to be revealed in, his, in a shidduch is anything that the, uh, if the person would have known about it, they would not have agreed to the shidduch in the first place. That is what's called relevant information, just like by uh, any transaction and that type of information would have to be revealed. Is Gushal Kayan one love, or is it every day? Every time. Continuous, <coughs> no? Yeah. What about if medication so solves the problem? Oh, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, the person will... Uh, no, yeah, medication solves the problem. Meaning, and they're, they're, so it will never affect the, uh, the marriage. So I think it would be one of the differences between the stipler... It would be one of the differences between the stipler and Rebel Yashiv. If it's something people would want to know about him beforehand, they might not... Uh, it might not, that would fall in between the two cracks. It could be, parenthetically, it could be that these two perspectives are really two understandings of the Easter of Gnevas Das. What is the nature of the Easter of Gnevas Das? So the Ritva writes in Chulin and Avtsari Dalom at Aleph, the Easter of Gnevas Das is included in the Easter of Loisignoiv, which I think implies that it means I took an item that really was not entitled to me. Meaning, because if you would have known about the information, you would have canceled the sale. You would have returned the item, and I don't reveal that information to you, so I kind of stole the item for you. It was under, uh, it was, uh, under mistaken terms or mistaken impressions, but therefore it's included under the, the, uh, the banner of the Signoiv. However, the Rambam doesn't bring the Allah of Geneva's Das in Hilchus Mechira, oh, I'm sorry, in Hilchus Geneva, he brings it in Hilchus Mechira, and in Hilchus Deus. With the Rambam writes in the second line of Hilchus Deus, So the Rambam includes Gneva's Das, kind of within a person should always speak truthfully, not as part of like, I'm stealing an item from you. If that's the case, I think it makes more sense to argue like Rabbi Yashiv, that Gneva's Das therefore would include anything that you would have wanted to know initially. Not something that would have necessarily negated the sale or returned the item because of it, but it has a larger application and scope. Uh, no, because then anything you have a right to know, I have a, a, a right to reveal to you. That's the, how the third party works. So anything that... No, because he's not engaging with you properly, so I have the right to step in, because he's not being told, you're not being given information that's due to you. Yes, same thing. So I think it might, this issue might uh, represent two perspectives on what Gnevas Das is all about. Is it that the sale was under, uh, you know, what it should have been person, if he had this information, would have retracted in the sale, or it's perhaps a larger scope that a person has to be given all relevant information, and should, it shouldn't be echa belev, echa bepeh. So that's these two positions, Lamaisa, from the stipler, from Abiyashiv and others who disagree, that a person has to be given all information, uh, that, uh, do they have to only be given information they would have canceled the shidduch, uh, canceled the marriage, I'm saying, ask for a get, right away when they found out, that's the stipler, or is it any information that if they would have known, they wouldn't have uh, agreed to the shidduch, but might not necessarily ask for a divorce later. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yashiv. Since the Ran is not like that second, like Rabbi Yashiv. He would get out of the Ran and oh. say, either you should have asked, or... For Grusham, Amzeris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A person's going it's out, an uh, older woman. Why didn't you ask? There could be situations where it wouldn't be incumbent, but also it might not ever come out. And thirdly, is it doesn't affect the function of the marriage necessarily on a day-to-day basis, whereas many other things will. So how do we paskin? I mean, it's a machlegis contemporary paskin, but even the tshuvas of Ramayisha are very inconsistent on this uh, issue. Ramayisha has one tshuva about a woman who's 20 years old, hadn't yet had a period. So Ramayisha said, and they were asked, do you have to reveal this information to the chassan? So Ramayisha says, no. Why? 
seems pretty relevant. But Moshe says, you never know, it might come back. It might come now. I'm not a medical professional. I don't know what that corresponds to. It certainly doesn't seem like a likelihood. If it doesn't sound like it's it's far fetched to assume it might continue. It sounds like uh, maybe it's far fetched will come back if at all. And then Ramayusha says, with hormones, it could it could come. Could uh, so it's medically unless they know for sure that it's a medical impossibility. She doesn't have you know. A, doesn't sound good though. <sighs> but and then Ramayusha says something which is even more problematic. Ramayusha says, well, either way, the father and the daughter, meaning. Her, her own father, will make up that if four years down the road they don't have any children, they'll agree to a divorce, no problem, and the chasen will be kimat loy hifsid klum. It'll be as if he lost nothing. <laughs> when he was 22, he's the best guy in yeshiva. Now he's 26, a young man in divorce. <laughs> what do you mean kimat loy hifsid klum? That shuvah from Amisha is very difficult to understand. It sounds like he's going with the stipler even further uh, than the stipler. Most Paiskin would assume it's certainly something that is a reasonable chashash. You know, 10% uh, could lead to a medical issue is something that, that, that absolutely, even according to the stipler, would need to be revealed. Here, Amisha is going on the, the other direction. Yeah. But then Amisha is another shuvah about a chasan. another shuvah about a chasan who has uh, never Marfan syndrome. So Amisha says, of course he has to reveal it. And if he doesn't, it would be a Kiddush Eitos. So Amisha himself, kind of hard to figure out which way Amisha is going. Many Paiskim now assume, like the rule of the Chazanish, whether you felt like the stipler... That's, that's internally consistent, because that's a genetic defect which has major medical implications. Major, and this is a chashash, it's a suspicion. And this is a suspicion. And it's genetic implications for the children. <laughs> Correct. So it's really a different... But a girl who hasn't, who might not, who's twenty years old, and it's a serious concern, she might not be able to have children. Uh, we would have. Okay, it some. depends upon if it's a genetic or yeah. if it's something which is reversible. Could so be you could you could uh, you could be meyash with the truth of One that's genetic, you're, that's it, and it and it has implications for the offspring. Right, but Ramayish is saying that the chasm will come out like hifsid kulum is concerning. Yeah. So. Most Paiskim, though, Lamaisa assume and advise, like the advice that's given by the Chazanish, that's quoted in the Sefer Binas Hashidach, that he called Dovashatzibar Makbid Havimum. Anything that you know people will be Makbid about, and again, that's vague. Vigam Einzeme Atvuna Lahastir Dovashasoifa Yizgaleva Tarumas Tisha Lacholachayim. Says the Chazanish, if you keep a secret that you know the other party wanted to know in advance, even though they might not necessarily ask for a divorce afterwards, immediately upon finding out, but you know the other party would have wanted to find out in advance every time there's a machlekes, a bump in the road for this couple, guess what's coming up? Is this issue, you didn't tell me about X, you didn't tell me about Y, and it's going to, uh, it could in- possibly affect their marriage, says the Chazanish, tisha l'cho chayovim So therefore the Chazanish says the way to go about it, and that's the way the opinion of Roiv HaPoyskim is that if uh, you know information the person would have wanted to know in advance and uh, they, if they would have known this information they might not have agreed to the shidduch yeah, you should tell that information up front but then the Chazanish says an important caveat which is also subscribed to by Roiv HaPoyskim which is Ulam Loi B'Pgisha HaRishayna not the first date Ki towards the end why not right away? So the stipend already writes. He says, because at the beginning of a shidduch, kol dover katan mekalkel. Any little thing, a person will destroy the shidduch for. They say, listen, I'm perfect. 
Why should I go without anybody with anybody who has any slight imperfections? They hear about an imperfection and automatically, psychologically, I'm sure this is a psychological phenomenon, you hear the first thing about a person, imperfection. Now, all of a sudden, all you see every time you look at this person is that imperfection, that mum. So the stipul says, and he dove or cut at the beginning of a shirach could be makalkel, and therefore, uh, the chazanish writes, you should not say it at the beginning. You should say it rather, uh, he writes, lekras hasayv, towards the end. Ramayish is a similar thing. Last thing over here, Ois Tezvav. Ramayish has a Shiloh about a woman who engaged in a Maishas Nus while she was a single woman. Does she have to reveal that to the Chasan? Does she have to reveal it to the Chasan? So generally speaking, you don't have to say Vido, I mean, you have to Vido before you get married, but you don't have to reveal every single Avera that you did to your prospective spouse. Uh, Diane Weiss has a Tshuva in the Minchas Yitzchak. That, uh, that doesn't affect the person for the rest of his life. He does tshuva. Tshuva can, uh, can change the person, so he doesn't have to reveal every Avera that he did. Uh, Diane Weiss writes in the Minchas Yitzchak, if a person led a different lifestyle before, and now he's about tshuva, meaning a person, went, uh, let's say, went off the derech for a serious period of time and was living a different lifestyle for that period of his life, when he becomes back to tshuva, he would have to reveal that information to the spouse. He says that's included... And the Gemara Masech does Tainus, where the Gemara says one of the characteristics we look for in about Tfilah is that he should be pure Kainoe. What does it mean, pure Kainoe? Lo yotza love shame rabbi aldusai. He didn't uh, you know, have a shame ra when he was younger. So it says, uh, Dain Weiss, you see that that affects a person for the rest of his life. He's not pure Kainoe now. So that kind of information would have to be revealed, but a one time Avera not. Nonetheless, Ramayusha writes that in this instance it would have to be revealed. Because the ksuba is different for a b'sula as opposed to a ba'ula. If she's a b'sula, he's out, the chassan is obligating himself in Mosayim Zakukim Kesef Tzaruf, 200 Kesef Tzaruf. If she's a ba'ula, he's only obligated to pay 100. So Moshe says, you have to let him know, otherwise he's going to be mechaiv himself in money, shaloi kedin, literally stealing money. So Moshe says, not out the Avera aspect, Shabai, but a person would have to reveal it because of the monetary implications that it has. Oh, so right, so Moshe, Ubedavar im tzrich lahagila bochash yir to lisa yisachli yishavade at tzrich legalas loy. But says Moshe, you have to tell him about enoch tzrich lahagila b'riyav akar the palm rishayna, not the first time. You don't know if the guy's going to want the shidduch at all. Now you're going to start having a tell-all. By the first date, this person is going to take that information and start passing it around to the whole community. So now you'll never get married. So Moshe says, you should only tell them, I don't know if the person wants to get married at all. Says you're not allowed to stop and walk around revealing your Averis. The pastor says in Tehillim, You're supposed to cover over your Averis and be embarrassed. Once, only when you get a sense that the person is serious about the shirach, clearly, when you already began speaking about getting married, then a person should reveal that information at that point. So Moshe says, Chazanish says, others have the similar thing in a different context, that a person should only reveal that information, not uh, right away, but a person should reveal uh, information that others would want to know at the outset. Not only the, not the threshold of the stipe, or if you would find out about it, you would uh, definitely ask for divorce. Anything a person would want to know in advance, but you don't have to let them know the first day. The person should let them know when uh, they're serious uh, about the shidduch. And in every community, based on the dating, uh, you know, th- dating times that go along with each community, that will be a different point in time. But whenever you know in your dating uh, s- s- setting that that's, uh, <coughs> the other party is serious about the shidduch and you're... Uh, Holding by getting engaged in a person, you know, a little bit earlier. You don't want to bother the person, but uh, you have to let the person know uh, at that point. So does that 
caveat also affect the third parties? If a third party finds out two people just went out once or twice and they know something similar, whatever, should they Correct. also be silent until it's a little further away? Correct. Not right away. Yeah. By the way, if you're a third party and not asked, this is the last thing, you know, just because it's an interesting tidbit doesn't mean that that's something that should be said. You know, interesting tidbits are what we call Lashon Hara. It's only things that uh, the person would not have gone through with the Shidduch if they had known this information, not, uh, not the other, uh, other things. Okay. Shkoyach.